could shine between the lines if you would let yourself go find some place you know you can use your words use your hands you can change the world you just pretend express yourself take a chance and you'll see who you'll be it's time to express yourself where teens talk and the world listens Presented by Star Style Productions as an international outreach program of Be The Star You Are charity. You'll rock to an hour of adolescent fusion with your teen hosts and on-air reporters. Meet and chat with cool celebrities, exhilarating experts, and tenacious teens with subjects regarding anything and everything that you want to know. It's time to kick off the fun with our star teens. Welcome to Express Yourself. A sacred respect for the constitutional law is the vital principle, the sustaining energy of a free government. Alexander Hamilton Hello and welcome to Express Yourself. We're a program by, for, and with creative young people. A platform to give teens a voice right here on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. From Cynthia Bryan, producer of Express Yourself and Star Style Productions, we bring this program to the airwaves as an outreach service of the Be The Story World charity, a top nonprofit honored by GuideStar and great nonprofits. For today's show, Be The Story World wants to thank everyone who has volunteered and supported BTSYA over the years. We are thrilled to be serving the world. If you'd like to help us celebrate being a top nonprofit with a donation, please visit btsya.com. That's btsya.com. Every dollar counts, and we will use the funds for our outreach programs. Make sure to listen to Express Yourself wherever you listen to radio or music iTunes, Amazon, iHeartRadio, Stitcher, Spotify, and more. We broadcast from the Empowerment Channel on Voice America Radio, the largest radio network in the world. I'm Kuthi, the host for today's show. Salutations. Today's show is all about government laws and politics. Slight warning, this whole show is going to be packed with nerd extraordinaire and debate. Caution. Side effects may include dying from being in the presence of super cool debate, having an extreme infatuation with debate, and negative mental health effects due to you locking yourself in your closet and philosophically pondering about the happenings of life all day without going anywhere. In segment two, she who must not be named, aka Sir Beethoven Mozart Shostakovich the 27th, she'll be talking about two debate styles used to make decisions in the government. In segment three, we will be talking about the importance of government. In segment one, we have dun 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 me. Salutations from your local nerd extraordinaire. Technically, I already said salutations, but salutations once again. For a change, I decided to do the nerd extraordinaire segment for the show instead of she who must not be named. You know who. And to all of you who are saying that you don't know who, I have three words to say to you. You know who. You do know who. You should know who. And if you still don't know who, then shame on you. You'll never know who. Ooh, that rhymed. Anyway, you'll never know. Never. Okay, fine. Wait until the second segment, then you'll know who. I'm back again with my segment, Nerd Extraordinaire, where I share my experiences as a middle school fiction writer slash debater. Honestly, you guys are probably bored of Nerd Extraordinaire at this point. That's why I took over this week, because for the past few weeks, you were probably just listening to Brit, I mean, she who must not be named, talk about herself for this segment. Just so you know, she who must not be named allegedly knows how to speak Yiddish, too. 
Last time it was mandolin and Luxembourgian. This time it's Yiddish. She who must not be named dogs, vets, sisters, brothers, cousins, great aunts, chickens, friends, owners, refrigerators, salesmen, allegedly taught her. And allegedly, she's really good at it. Allegedly. It's all alleged. If you still don't know who I'm talking about, you know who is evil. You know who will make your life screwy. You know who will turn you into a pig named Louie. You know who will steal your first born child, Dewey. You know who will make you all bluey. Oh, fooey. And yes, I did make this joke before. And no, I'm not ashamed. A girl's gotta do what a girl's gotta do. Once you end up posting the entirety of every single week's show, you've gotta start recycling jokes. Seriously, you guys must be sick of me. Anyway, what was I supposed to be talking about? I think I forgot what this show's about. How lonely I am, how life seems to be a never-ending hole of lonely despair, how life is just a cool game that humans are forced to play so that they can always be in excruciating pain and nothing, absolutely nothing can make them happy, and how the giant hamster in the sky who consoles life is watching us struggle for cool entertainment. How secretly happiness doesn't exist and it's just a mere illusion that our brains bestow upon us to make us believe that there's some purpose to life? Oh wait, that's just stuff from my diary. Never mind. Anyway, on to the topic of today's show. I'll start by asking you a question, which I know will end up being unintentionally rhetorical because of the lack of a live audience. But I'll ask it anyway. What am I, allegedly, good at? Being annoying? Exactly! Wait, who said that? Who'll let you know who win? You're not on until the second segment. Be gone! Anyway, what am I good at? Blasphemy? The only thing blasphemous is you, but she who must not be named? It's debate. I'm allegedly good at debate. It's time to learn debate now! One thing I'm not good at is acting, that's for sure. You know, I joined my school's song club for laughs, but I resigned because I was so bad at it. I thought I would be good at it because there's a speech and debate event called into a petition that's basically acting out a scene. But sadly, I wasn't good. I have no future in theater. Do not be discouraged, young grasshopper. As I say, first step school play, next step Broadway. I am not a grasshopper, you're a grasshopper. And no, I don't plan on gracing the Broadway stage anytime soon. Why am I taking so long to get to the point? All of this has just been fluffy fluff stuff. More like all of this has just been you desperately trying to be funny and failing. Finger to your lips, she who must not be named. Don't spill all of my secrets. Anyway, how many times have I said anyway? Anyway, debate. Today's show is all about government and laws. There's actually a form of debate called policy debate, which is probably the most used form of debate in today's government, at least the U.S.'s government. Policy debate is exactly what it sounds like. It debates whether or not a policy should be established. With polarization increasing in today's society, political compromise is getting more and more difficult, especially considering the fact that polarization is so high that two sides may be at two complete opposite extremes. One essential thing for deciding stuff in the government is debate. Not only policy debate, by the way. She who must not be named will be talking about the technical parts of policy debate and another secret debate form which shall not be named at the moment. Think about it. Debate is essential to a free society, eliciting the exchange of ideas and fair elections. Debate is one of the foundational building blocks of democracy. So, in today's first Nerd Extraordinaire segment, we'll be talking about debate's significant influence on the government.
But now we're not going to talk about policy debate specifically. Oh, don't worry. We'll talk about it soon. We'll just be talking about all debate in general right now. Some of you might ask, you know, how does how does the thing affect the thing and it like changes a thing? And I say to that, good question. Very eloquently spoken. You should be a debater. I bet you'd slay those class X's with your awesome questions. Anyway, the chain of reaction kind of goes like this. Two people debate over a thingamabobby, they'll decide who has better reasoning, and do realize this, that this is not the top type of debate that I've been yammering about for all of my time on this podcast. I've always been saying the beauty of debate is that it's in the reasoning, not what you actually believe, and you can win a debate by arguing for something that's completely controversial and misinformed, because it's all in the reasoning and whatever. But in real life, big boy pant government debates, you actually have to be arguing for something that you believe should be implemented or established or whatever. This is a real decision being made in real life, and it will actually change the real world. Not like a debate contest where you don't believe taking away, say, all right work laws. But anyway, you got assigned neg by a tournament organizer, so you have to have great sophistry and reasoning. Ooh, sophistry. I got one point on the fancy word point scale thing. I said a fancy word. Anyway, since we're done with that, let's go back to your eloquent question. Two people debate over the thingamabobby, and that thingamabobby is going to be a policy or a law or something like that. One person's going to say, hey, this policy shouldn't be implemented. And the other's going to say, well, the opposite. Whoever is better at reasoning will win the debate. So let's say affirmative wins the debate. And the judge says, hey, let's implement this policy. After a bunch of fancy paperwork type of stuff, these people will actually implement the policy. Pretty simple. There's a form of debate called public forum debate, which is not done by a bunch of fancy dudes. But it's a series of forums where people people's opinions, interests, and expectations are expressed on an issue that concerns the whole or part of the society. Here are some of the most impactful political debate moments in history. Number one is, of course, the very, very, very first debate in the Lincoln-Douglas style ever. Obviously, it was between Abraham Lincoln and Stephen Douglas. In 1858, the two legendary speakers met seven times in Illinois during the Senate contest. Each had to make an, a one-hour opening statement, followed by a 90-minute rebuttal, outside and without microphones. Lincoln and Douglas argued over Lincoln's claims that a house divided couldn't stand on its own. House divided basically means the ideals of freedom for all and the institution of slavery could not coexist, morally, socially, or legally, under one nation. So basically, in common people terms, slavery must ultimately be universally accepted or universally denied. So every state would either outright accept or outright deny slavery. And by this, Lincoln meant that slavery would divide the country. The U.S. is the house being divided by slavery. And the U.S. can't stand on its own when it's a divided house. We're all a big, not-so-happy family living inside a ginormous 3.797 million square mile house. And our very expensive house is being divided. Heh. Number two. The 1960 Nixon-Kennedy debates. It established television as a crucial national political tool. This was the very first time a debate was televised, which makes up like 50% of the Nixon-Kennedy debate's importance. Kennedy won mostly because he was much more comfortable in front of a camera than Nixon was, which is a little bit unfair to Nixon. Okay, maybe it doesn't only make 50% of the 
important, maybe 99.99%, the actual content that they debated over was just general stuff like foreign affairs, but the fact that it was televised really made the people more aware of political and current matters, and the win was actually based on a vote, so it basically forced watchers to participate and listen to the debates. So number three is... It's, it's a short one. The 1896 Democratic Convention debate over whether to endorse the gold standard instead of free silver, and it determined um, American monetary policy on and off until 1971. The gold standard is basically comparing the value of a country's currency to the value of gold. For example, if the government sets an ounce of gold to be $500, then a dollar would have the same value as one five-hundredth an ounce of gold. In 1971, the U.S. stopped using the gold standard, which is why it determined American monetary policy on and off until 1971. Pretty cool stuff, huh? Debate is cooler than you thought, people. And if you ever get stuck in a debate about laws or government, take a line from the books of politicians and quote the greatest quote ever in history of political debate and politics and history and government. It's the economy, stupid. Whoa, isn't that interesting how big of an impact debate can have in our lives? And historical political debates are helping us in our twins by giving us killer lines like it's the economy, stupid. And yes, that was an actual quote, complete with the stupid. Make sure you stay tuned for our next segment where British Curthy will be talking about two styles of debate frequently used in government. In Nerd Extraordinaire's very first part two, we want to hear your thoughts and we want to answer your questions. So email us at btsyateenradio at gmail.com. That's btsyateenradio at gmail.com. Check out our radio site at www.expressyourselfteenradio.com and our creative community site at www.bethestudyworld.org. You can get involved with Be The Story World charity, buy books and t-shirts in our store, sign up for our free newsletter, and make a donation to Be The Story World. Follow Voice America at Facebook.com forward slash Voice America for juicy updates from your favorite radio shows and podcasts. Are you a teen interested in becoming a radio personality? The Positive Message Outreach Program of Be The Star You Are Charity trains dedicated young people to be reporters and hosts on Express Yourself Teen Radio. Visit ExpressYourselfTeenRadio.com for information. That's ExpressYourselfTeenRadio.com. Don't forget to tune in to Express Yourself Tuesdays at noon Pacific Time, 3 p.m. Eastern Time on Voice America Kids, where teens talk and the world listens. Voice America is on LinkedIn. Connect with us today. You're listening to Express Yourself on the Voice America Kids channel, where teens talk and the world listens. Express Yourself is produced by Star Style Productions, LLC, as an international outreach program of Be The Star You Are charity. For more information about our show, visit ExpressYourselfTeenRadio.com. Now, back to our star teens. Hello and welcome back to Express Yourself. I'm your host, Kirthi, and today's show is all about government and laws. 
Wait, now we have she who must not be named, who is now revealed to be British Cupid. Salutations from your second local net extraordinaire. Technically, Kathy is the first, but whatever. I am distraught to have found out that Kathy has been referring to me as she who must not be named. I have a very, very honourable name. I am a Luxembourgian household name. And my name is much, much more honourable and nice sounding than Kathy's name. You can definitely tell. I mean, look at how different our names are. My name's British Kathy and her name's Kathy. So different. I mean, I took a break from Luxembourgian theatre slash entertainment industry to be on this radio show, and no one, absolutely no one, appreciates me. It's like my request for a live audience. I have been requesting for a live audience since 2022, which was one whole year ago. Anyway, welcome to Nerd Extraordinaire's very first part two. Today, we'll be talking about two debate styles. The first one was revealed to be policy debate in the first segment. And the second secret one is... Dun, dun, dun! Parliamentary debate and Congress debate. Surprise! There are two secret debate styles, not one. It's a surprise within a surprise. Yay! Anyway, first up is policy debate. Here's the basic format. So first, there's the first affirmative constructive speech, which is abbreviated 1AC. That's eight minutes, negative cross-examination of affirmative, three minutes, first negative constructive, eight minutes, abbreviated 1NC, and that's for affirmative. And then after that, affirmative cross-examination of negative, that's three minutes. Then there's the second affirmative constructive, which is abbreviated as 2AC. That's eight minutes. Negative cross-examination of affirmative, that's three minutes. Second negative constructive, 2NC, that's abbreviated as 2NC. Eight minutes, affirmative cross-examination of negative, that is three minutes. Then the first negative rebuttal, 1NR, that's five minutes. First affirmative rebuttal, 1AR, that's five minutes. Second negative rebuttal, 2NR. That's five minutes, again. And then second affirmative rebuttal, 2AR, which is five minutes again. Well, this is interesting. Very, very interesting. The debate styles I've taught you guys before, such as Lincoln Douglas in public forum, never had this evil little thing called a second constructive speech or a second rebuttal. As you probably can tell, policy debate results in a much longer debate than, say, any common styles like public forum. There are two opposing sides and two people on each side, just like public forum. And as always, the AF team proposes a plan to change the status quo and affirm the resolution, while the NEG team wants the status quo, so they negate the resolution. The resolution is basically a statement, such as Ariana Grande should be president, NEG says. No! Thanks, we're fine with Biden. Well, AF says, yay, go Ariana Grande. And affirmative stands for is AF and neg is negative. They love Ariana Grande so much that they want her to be president. Personally, I think I'm a better singer. Would you like me to demonstrate? No, please don't. Please, please don't. Hold on, fine. See, I'm not appreciated at all. Anyway, the AF presents a proposal and NEG rejects it. There are two speakers on each team. First speaker will do the speeches labelled as first, including the first constructive and the first rebuttal. All the cross-examinations are between either two first speakers or two second speakers. Whoever just spoke, 
It begins with Alf going fast, but then it switches midway to Neg speaking fast. Paul's debate is incredibly evidence-oriented. The tagline, citation, and evidence make up an evidence card. An evidence card is basically a piece of evidence. It's, it basically rotates around a specific idea. Each evidence card has a different idea to it. The tagline is the argument or claim that either the evidence accepts or that the debater is asserting based on the evidence. For example, if the Department of Labor had produced a report saying that more people have left the workforce, the tagline might be the number of discouraged workers are on the rise, or the federal government must respond to the growing number of people living the workplace. Leaving the workplace, not living in the workplace. Then there's an MLA or APA style citation, but it's normally not read aloud, just the author and the date are read aloud. Finally, a piece of evidence consists of the text of the evidence itself. The expectation in policy debate is that cards are read verbatim, so the paraphrasing of evidence as it is being read for the first time is discouraged. So basically, it's a lot of evidence, a whole boatload. The negative constructive speech is basically a joint rebuttal to the AFS policy proposal. So you're not merely affirming the resolution, but you're also bringing up a plan to make that plan work, basically. Now, for an example, let's go back to Ariana Grande. So AFS is saying that Ariana should be president, but they can't just give three reasons as to why Ariana should be president. They mostly have to make up a policy or propose a plan to make Ariana Grande president. This this is kind of a bad example for policy debate, but whatever. Next has to show that the harms of AFS proposal outweigh the benefits of it. So the resolution, it's not going to be like it is in public forum. Public forum, it's basically in public forum. It's like Ariana Grande should be president. You have to give three reasons why Ariana Grande should or should not be president. But in policy debate, you, you don't really get resolutions like that. Resolutions are things that require a bunch of steps to to do kind of like it like Ariana Grande being president it just requires Ariana Grande to be elected president and you know election means that everyone likes you so the more people who like you and think that you have the potential to be a president will vote for you and you will become president that's so that's actually a really bad example so you have to basically give a proposal that shows how you can affirm the resolution you have to plan You can't just say we affirm the resolution and you should vote for us because blah, blah, blah. You should also give a plan on how you're going to affirm the resolution. You have to pretend that you're like some kind of senator or congressman or debate, not debate, a representative. So Nick has to show that the harms of Axe's proposal outweigh the benefits of it. Alternatively, Nick can also show that the resolution itself is wrong and go the traditional debate path. So, AF can't go the traditional bit pat, but NEG can. So, that shows that NEG is a little bit easier than AF, but at the same time, it's kind of hard for NEG too. Notice that policy debate strongly involves planning, while public forum specifically bans creating plans. It shows what each debate style is about. Public forum is based on merely affirming the resolution, while policy debate requires actually coming up with a plan to spare the resolution to action. There are two responses to your opponent's case. On case and off case. On case responses to the affirmative position clash directly with arguments posed by the plan's advocates and generally focus on the stock issues. If the affirmative says the plan will save 50 
500,000 lives. The negative may attempt to demonstrate why that claim is untrue. Off-case responses are positions developed that do not directly respond to the arguments posed by the affirmative by offering a harm that is created by affirmative plan. It really shows how different debate styles are. Eh. Next up, parliamentary. Tiki. Parliamentary debate is basically the British form of policy debate, which is why I had to include it, because I very obviously am British. Brits unite! So, this is basically the format. The government team begins the debate by delivering the first speech, a speech that outlines and describes the support of the motion. This is seven minutes. They have 15 minutes to prepare the respective cases. The opposition team then responds to this speech with a speech constructing the critique of the government's case, which is eight minutes. The government team responds to the opposition's arguments, attempting to reassert their own position, which is eight minutes. The opposition team responds in the same manner, which is eight minutes also. The opposition team concludes with a rebuttal speech, a speech designed to act as a summary of the important issues to think about in the debate, which is four minutes. The government team finishes with its own rebuttal speech, five minutes. Let's see what a government team and opposition team actually is. There is a government team consisting of two people and an opposition team also with two members. It is the government's job to support uh, or uphold the motion topic of the debate, which in policy debate, it's what we call the resolution. So you can see a parallel between parliamentary and policy debate. So the government team, it's basically the aft side, while the opposition is basically the neg side, except that the opposition does not get any any constructive speech, no constructive speech for the opposition. Again, the opposition is basically just rebutting the aft's argument instead of kind of making their own argument. So once again, neg or opposition is seeming to be a little bit easier than AF or the government. So, usually the government team dis- discusses a problem in the topic area and has a specific pro- proposal for change regarding that problem. So basically, they want to change the status quo, just like in policy debate. The government team wants to change the status quo, and they're saying that them changing the status quo will solve a problem. It is the burden of the opposition team to play devil's advocate, and they find weaknesses in the government's arguments. So, from the lens of policy debate, the government team is aft, the opposition is neg. See how they're proposing a plan in parliamentary too. Just like I said, the British version of policy debate. The rebuttals are kind of like a final focus and a sp- summary speech, and a rebuttal smushed into one for all of you public forum people. And also, like I said before, the opposition's constructive speech is basically a rebuttal. But parliamentary is not as excruciating long, excruciatingly long as policy. That's a relief. Okay, since we don't have much time, let's go on to the next supply style, Congress. Anyway, okay, so this is, this is very, very, very different from the first two. Congress. According to the National Speech and Debate Association, congressional debate is a mock legislative assembly competition where students draft bills, proposed laws, and resolutions, position statements, which they and their peers later debate and vote to pass into law and then take action on by voting for or against legislation. So basically, it's model UN. There's proposals, that's for sure. One thing you'll know about political debate is that there are a whole lot of proposals. That that basically sums it all up. A legislation is a fancy word for resolution. A bill describes how a policy would be enacted. So a legislation is something you have to write, and it's basically a constructive speech consisting of a bill and a whole lot of evidence.
Then you debate over the legislation. Contestants basically will play as senators or representatives, as they do in all of these government debate styles. So you have to dress up and talk all fancy. You basically take into account all the ideals of a free society and characteristics of a democracy. And you always advocate for the well-being of your country. So this kind of really values-based one based on where and who's doing the debate. So there are sides, but not really. I don't know. Congressional debate is really weird. It's basically that one person, a bunch of people come up with a legislation, like one person comes up with an individual legislation, and then everyone else starts attacking them. So it's like a multi-person person kind of debate. It's very different. It's not like two sides are debating, like one is affirming the resolution, one is negating. It's like, it, it is two sides. It's like one person, and then the rest of the group just targets them and negates them. Basically, it's it's really weird. It's it's a completely different form of debate. It's a very strange form of debate. There's a lot of fancy terms with congressional debate, but we're not going to go too deep into it because we don't want to become college level. Like we don't want to have college level knowledge in Congress. This is just supposed to be an introduction. Oh wow! I just realized that I spent a whole lot of time talking about policy debate and barely any time talking about our surprise debate styles. How sad. Well, they all have the same overarching theme of proposing something to affirm the resolution, aka the legislation, aka the motion. You can kind of see the parallels. 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 I'm a British person. It's very hard for me to pronounce parallels. You can kind of see the parallels between all of these government debate styles. And you can also see how different they are from more common debate styles like Lincoln, Douglas, and in public forum and whatnot. It's very different. So, anyway... Now you understand political debate and you can show off to your friends. Harness your debate skills to fly through your tournaments. Unfortunately, that's all the time we have for this segment. Thank you very much, British Kofi, for that very interesting segment. Make sure to visit our website, expressyourselfteenradio.com, and make a donation to BTSYA. Follow Voice America at Facebook.com forward slash Voice America for juicy updates from your favorite radio shows and podcasts. Are you a teen interested in becoming a radio personality? The Positive Message Outreach Program of Be The Star You Are Charity trains dedicated young people to be reporters and hosts on Express Yourself Teen Radio. Visit ExpressYourselfTeenRadio.com for information. That's ExpressYourselfTeenRadio.com. Don't forget to tune in to Express Yourself Tuesdays at noon Pacific Time, 3 p.m. Eastern Time on Voice America Kids, where teens talk and the world listens. Voice America is on LinkedIn. Connect with us today. You're listening to Express Yourself on the Voice America Kids channel, where teens talk and the world listens. Express Yourself is produced by Star Style Productions, LLC, as an international outreach program of Be The Star You Are charity. For more information about our show, visit ExpressYourselfTeenRadio.com. Now, back to our star teens. Hello and welcome back to Express Yourself. Today's show is all about government and laws, and it's all going to be yours truly and British Kofi. 
Salutations, people. I successfully locked British Kilthy into the closet again because she took up way too much time with the second segment. But here's a short and sweet third segment to end the show. I'm sure you guys are all tired of the nerd extraordinaire and the lock hard debate facts I've been shoving into your brains. So I thought that the for that for this segment we could do a little bit of philosophical existential crisis kind of thought. And no, this will not require much thinking because I know your brains are already so tired from thinking about debate. Just kidding. Time to make your brains get so tired they beg you to stop thinking. Woohoo! Hehe. <laughs> anyway, wow, this is like my tenth time saying anyway today. Anyway, let's think about why a government exists. To make our lives miserable? To restrict us? To take over our country and make us all empty-minded robots who blindly follow the patriarchy that is our society? No, no, definitely not. That's actually why our country is a democracy, to give value to the people's voices, and which is also why we elect our government representatives instead of having a king kind of thing going on where the nation, well, like right now our nation's president would be George Washington the 127th or something. That is how terrible our lives would be. We would be ruled by George Washington the 127th. But let's go even before democracy. Democracy is important. Freedom of speech is important. But before, let's even go before kings even existed. Kings were obviously before the democracy. But let's go even before monarchy or any of that kind of stuff existed. Why does government itself exist? Like, even if it's a royal government, why do kings exist? Think about a world where the government does not exist. Not even government. Think of a world with no regulation. Regulation does not exist, since the show is also about laws. All of us need food, water, and shelter. It's kind of basic need. So when regulation or a government doesn't exist, there aren't going to be jobs that pay us money, because money doesn't even exist. Gov- the government is the one who makes the money. So do you think that humans are so decent that they will barter for food, water, and shelter? Because technically that is what they did before money existed. Money was used as a medium of exchange, and... Uh, Yeah, fun fact of money is that actually money's actual worth is less than its intrinsic value. Its intrinsic value is basically the value of the paper that makes up a dollar bill. So, oh, did I just say that the value of the dollar is greater less than? It's greater. The value of the dollar is greater than the intrinsic value because they don't want these people making like dollar bill smoothies and making new blank paper out of those dollar bills and selling those paper for a profit because if the paper had more of a value than the dollar itself, then you can just grind it all up and sell it and get more money than you actually had before. So they don't want that happening. That's why. That's why money even exists. That shows you the importance of money. But but even before money existed, they used to barter, you know. Like, how many loaves of bread is equal to a car? How many apples is equal to a house? It's like that. But do you think that human beings would be as decent as that? Because even if there was regulation, like, there were probably regulations saying that, hey, five loaves of bread is equal to a dozen apples. There were probably regulations even in that time. But when there's no regulation, do you think that us humans are that decent, have that much common sense? No! 
Because you only bother if the regulations preventing thievery, but in this alternate world, there are absolutely no regulations. So we'd literally be cavemen, stealing our food and water and shelter, and basically acting like wild animals. Because we kind of are at this stage. Like, we're animals, and we have no regulation, and obviously we're going to have limited intelligence, limited critical thinking, limited crea creativity. So, you, so we're basically just going to be animals, like wild animals who fight with each other to get food. And yeah, basically, that, that sounds terrible. That does sound terrible. We won't even be able to work together or come to a compromise because there are no rules. And to fix this, it's not like one of us can just come up and start telling everyone what to do. That's called being a console freak and no one has any reason to listen to you. Because once again, no rules, no money, no prison, no punishment, no fines, no money, no nothing. And did I mention no money? Because there's no money. Money is literally what makes us up. Like, literally, you can see the importance of money. It's not the importance of having a lot of money and having, like, a Lamborghini or something like that. But the existence of money, that is really important. And you guys must be like, hey, this sounds terrible. Well, think about that the next time you curse the government for being so darn strict and getting you a ticket because you accidentally ran a red light. If you know how to drive, I'm 13, obviously. I'm 14, I'm 14, and I obviously don't know how to drive. Our lives would be miserable without rules and governments, and we have to admit it. Okay, well, if you've come this far, I'm glad you guys have sat here and listened to my lecture and my short existential crisis, because I'm going to continue it. Now, when you think about laws, you probably think, like some people say, rules are made to be broken. And I'm here to tell you that rules are most definitely not made to be broken. Rules are the exact opposite of something made to be broken. You know what's made to be broken? A coconut, a piñata. Those things are made to be broken. This laws are not made to be broken. Laws are made to be abided by. Because obviously, say if you, if you, one day you come, you stop, you come late to home like you you're supposed to come at 5 p.m but you like come at 8 p.m so you you you're gonna your parents or guardian legal guardians they're gonna be very angry because you came three hours late so they're gonna maybe give you some type of punishment or discipline so they're gonna take away your phone or something like that so next time you won't come three hours late because you love your phone. We all love our phones. Our phones are what make us human, just like how money makes us human. So our phones are so precious that we don't want our our parents to take them away. So you wouldn't do that again. You wouldn't come three hours late. You wouldn't come that late. So you wouldn't do that again. You're learning from your own experiences and you're getting more and more disciplined. That's kind of what the government is its doing to us. It is making us human beings. And at the same time, why our democracy, going back to the democracy versus monarchy thing, like why our democracy is so powerful and why why mostly the government decisions are supported by the people. Because like I said before, you can't you can't just start telling everyone what to do. So our people vote to see and like kind of they vote to see who will who they want to tell them what to do. 
because they understand that someone has to be there to tell them what to do. Like some group of people have to be there to tell them what to do. Because it's not like we all can be at equal places on the social ladder. And also we all can be disciplined. It's like someone has to be your parents. Someone has to be the kids. The population will all the kids. The government is the parent. So basically it's like that. You can't be disciplined unless you have someone telling you what to do. And it has to be light. It can't be long. Like, it has to be, you have, they, they can't be telling you to like, oh, go murder people. That's also why democracy is so good. Oh no, my pen fell down. Anyway, so like, it's not like a king. A king can be, can be not benevolent. A king can be very mean. A king can be very mean to his people. That's why, that's the beauty of democracy. Democracy also allows freedom of speech, freedom of expression, freedom of will, lots of freedoms. So basically, democracy is giving a sort of value to each and every voice, to every vo- every single one of the people, uh, to all of the voices, it's giving a certain amount of value. So that's why democracy is such a nice thing. And that's why democracy is cool. Democracy is cool, guys. You stay in school. I just said that because it rhymed. So if you guys think that this is an extreme existential crisis, I have these every day. So this is just a little inkling of all of my existential thought. You know, it all... And I think I'm going to be a philosopher when I grow up. Because, like, at the very beginning of the show, I was saying that that you you may lock yourself in the closet and be overcome with this overwhelming philosophical thought that is slowly eating you insides and a curiosity so extreme that makes you want to unearth every mystery that has been in the history of the world. Now, that's basically what I do every day, you know. And just thinking so much about the world. And I encourage you guys to think too. Because thinking is really fun. Thinking is fun. So you guys should probably try doing it sometime. <laughs> and if I have made you. If I haven't made your brains tired enough already. I hope I made your brains even more tired. With this third segment. From thinking. This is just a giant day of thinking. Somehow, I got into a rant about my philosophical thoughts and my existential crises. Crises, is that even a word? My existential crises, and I was supposed to be talking about government and laws. Oh, well, we are out of time for today's show, and I hope I was very annoying, and I hope I made your brains very, very, very tired. As always, we express our gratitude to Star Star Productions, Cynthia Bryan, Be The Star You Are, and our voicemail compliment crew, especially our audio engineer, Josh. Thanks to our guests from across the world, and a huge thank you to our listeners for making us a top-rated program. For more information about Be The Star You Are charity, visit www.bethestoryouare.org. Find us on Instagram at Express Yourself Radio. The government what makes our society a cooperative one that allows innovation and ideas to flourish, while also allowing free speech and expression, which is why the government is so important. Always remember to speak up, speak out, and express yourself. Thanks for joining us this week on Express Yourself. 
produced by Star Style Productions, LLC, as an international outreach program of Be The Star You Are charity. For more information about our show, be sure to visit ExpressYourselfTeenRadio.com. Please join us again next Tuesday at noon Pacific Time, 3 p.m. Eastern, when teens talk and the world listens on the Voice America Kids channel. Until then, remember to express yourself. Stars that shine between the lines if you would let yourself.